Mr. Pop. Anyone who gets rock stars on to do breakfast radio is an idiot for a start. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Recording is in progress. Rock and Roll is underway for another week. And of course, the usual suspects are here. I'm Kevin Hillier. Here's Brian Mannix. Yeah, Kev, uh, good that recording is in progress because um, we've had a few technical problems. And that's the end of our show. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week. <laughs> you are a technical problem, Mannix. Seriously. Ah, the only well, technical problem we have with you is that the microphone is in, is in the on position rather than the off position. And Mark Fine, hello. How are you, Finey? I'm well, but why, 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 I ask? Why do you ask why? Why do they underfill twisty packets? But overfill those fruit cups with juice in them. So every time I open one, you know, like peaches in every time I open one of those little plastic things, it the juice comes out and goes on the floor. You know, you so talk about the ones with the little little skinny straws that you put in. No, just no. The, you buy six packs of peaches in they're little plastic things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever you open them, the juice goes everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Now I bought some the other day. I bought some pears the other day, and exactly the same thing happened. That's why I buy the yeah, big. So, so underfill them and overfill twisties. They've got it the wrong way around. Yeah, it should be plenty more twisties in the bag than that. It's too much. They're, they're, I bought some Samboy chips the other barbecue chips the other day, and same problem. You open, well, it, up, open it up, and you got to get you got to get a team of divers in to find the bloody chips and stuff. They're down the bottom. Not up the top. What do you what do you reckon, little Sam boy? Well, I reckon you give. I reckon if you give anything, anything a bit of a twist, you're going to end up with juice all over the floor. You know, oh, it's the law of nature. Oh goodness me! Straight into the gutter. There we go. Thank you. Now let's uh, let's update everyone on what's going on with uh, the members of the panel. Uh, I have nothing to report. I've done uh, bugger all. A shitty day today. A very sad day in many ways. But we'll get to that. Finally, you have a new tattoo. Yeah, yeah, just one a week. No, actually, two this week. Two this week. Um, uh, now, Brian, did you get the Botox done? Got the Botox done all over my body, Kev. <laughs> <laughs> I look like David Hasselhoff. He's six foot five in well, every direction. All- and my face is, is as expressionate as Joe Biden. Is it? Is it true if you get your balls Botox, they look like a pair of crocodile eggs or snake eggs? Well, I can see you know, why people... Or turtle eggs. They look like turtle eggs, those really shiny... Oh, God. Well, <laughs> after about a week, that's true. But in the first week, there's not really much to... You know, you've got to wait for the Botox to kick into your testicles. and um, oh, But geez. after about a week or two, yeah, they do get a bit of a shine going. And um, But I'll tell you what, you know, that scrotum, you know, I think, you know, what is it? It's leftover elbow skin to house the testicles. And you try and get that thing smooth with Botox, it's, it's very, very painful. Yeah, I mean, we are men, the three of us, and I know yeah. that... Thanks for noticing. That, that normally precludes three men doing anything is considered too blokey nowadays and should preclude us from doing this podcast, but we don't care. Um, I mean, it's sort of underrated, but we do carry around a little 
coin purse between our legs. It is quite funny. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous design it is ridiculous. ever. It's it ridiculous. Looks, it looks horrible. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know how women can even stand. I don't know that they want to look at it. They probably like its function, but you know, yeah, who's, what who's, is its function? You know, can you can you imagine, right? You walk into a to a club, you know, as some of the girls you walk in, you're feeling pretty good, and the couple of girls look at it and they go, Oh boy, but he's got nice testicles. Oh, wouldn't mind having them deep on my eye sockets. Oh, and do you reckon, Brian? God. Do you reckon? Yes. If by some freak of nature you were born with three testicles, that'd yep. be a plus or a minus. Well, I don't know. See that bloke? He's got three balls. I'll tell you what you what? could do. You could open a pawnbroker shop. <laughs> a pawnbroker shop. Well, that's a symbol of a pawnbroker's three ball, three. Oh. The, the international I symbol think, of a pawnbroker's is three balls. I think you'd be better off having to, um, I suppose if you had a third ball, it would stretch the thing out. You wouldn't need as much Botox in your scrotum. But I think a second dick would probably be handier than than said uh, third ball. Um, but I think it's probably something that, you know, people can write into Facebook and tell us what their opinion is on this oh. matter. The third ball. Or, you oh. know. Speaking, of, speaking of the third ball, oh, I'm sure we'll be inundated. Oh. I think the third member of this podcast could announce his retirement in the next five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm just busy on the phone to my lawyers seeing how I get out of this. <laughs> Oh, goodness mm. gracious me, you two. You're unbelievable. Mm. I've, I often start this podcast and think, okay, I'll just throw it out there and we'll see what happens. <laughs> and and whenever, oh. That, I never know what we're going to talk about. And that started by me. I thought, I thought I'll thought i get Mannix because he, he, he was talking about um, uh, his Botox with um, with Eve von Bibra when we were doing the Life of Brian uh, latest episode. <laughs> And I thought I'll get him, and you know, little little stinger there. Well, that turned into exactly what I didn't expect. But anyway, well, yeah, I, you know, I thought you betrayed me there, Kev. That was the life of Brian. You did. It's only well, and I. It's not in the. Uh, it's not in the show, but it was. It was right, part That's of the conversation. Right. Gentlemen, gentlemen, can mm. you guys hear me? Okay. Yes. Yes. Unfortunately, it's working well. <laughs> no, because I can hear you both, but you've just gone quite quiet. Uh, oh, have we? As in volume-wise? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's just that's just embarrassment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. All right. It's been a massive day uh, in in so many areas that we cover on this uh, on this podcast. So let's yeah. uh, let's get to let's get to the. You've um, been busy, Kev. No, no, we're going to hold that for a moment, Brian. Um, let's right. get to the announcement by the AFL of Andrew Dillon as the CEO. Finey, your thoughts? Well, for me, it's BFD, of course. Yep, I'm with you. You with us, Brian? Um, no, I think it's an outrage. Outrage? outrage. I'm, I'm furious about this. This guy, he's got form. He's... Um, I, I just don't like his resume. I don't like his choice of tithe. And uh, quite frankly, I think he's leading us down the wrong road and um, we should sack him. He's been in the job 
Well, he's not actually even – is he officially in the job yet? I suppose he is. Um, he's been in the job less than five or six hours. What's your problem? Yeah, and see what's happened already. What's happened? He's been in for five or six hours. Well, Essendon are out of the eight. So that's no good. Right. I reckon I only got two in the tips, so that's no good. <laughs> and I personally, I'm blaming Alan Dillon for the entire thing. He's an asshole. Andrew Dillon. Oh, oh, Andrew <laughs> Dillon. Oh, I was thinking about the other bloke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'm with, I'm with Finey a little bit. It was like, sorry, the, the Church of the Bleeding Obvious, they, they spent a year searching the world um, for someone <laughs> to run the AFL and then they found the bloke they needed in the office next door to Gillam McLaughlin's. I find that just a teensy-weensy-weensy bit uh, confusing that you would spend a million dollars and a year to find a bloke who's sitting in the office right next door to the bloke who's been running the place. Hello, boys. Uh, find his back. He's uh, just dropped I now there. know why you both went quiet. Ah, because your Wi-Fi got kicked off. No, no, because oh. I had I actually did a Brian there and ran out of power. But Oh, there I've you go. A, I've got a nice supercharged phone charger and we're back in business. So do you expect any big changes at AFL headquarters based on the changing of the guard uh, with, you know, one old schoolboy uh, going in and another old schoolboy replacing him? Well, as I said, BFD. Yeah, yeah, no, big f***ing deal. I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, I'm absolutely. Oh, nice. you, oh you know what that. Yeah, you yeah. know what that. Yeah, and it wasn't Brian's final destination. I knew that. Uh, yeah. But uh, the only thing I think about that when I, I mean, I'm, there's no big surprise with who they've who they've think. But what they in the process of this one year and one million dollars they've spent on doing this, where does Brendan Gale sit in the scheme of things? And is he obviously maybe going to get a job fronting up the Tasmanian uh, franchise and all that? And that'll be a, a massive big undertaking for him and probably one that he'll be uh, more used to the competition than as the the head of the AFL. And the Kylie Watson-Wheeler thing, and this is not because I'm a Bulldogs man, but the Kylie Watson-Wheeler thing that kind of got floated a couple of weeks back and then for for about, I reckon, a day there, it looked like she was about to be announced within 24 hours as the new CEO. And then within a day, she was overseas on holidays in Asia somewhere and the whole thing disappeared like a Prime Minister in 1965 at a Port Sea Beach. It just, whoosh, gone. And I, I'm I'm very confused about why that happened and how that happened and how they how they explain that. Yeah, look, I don't know the machinations of it. I feel as though Dylan was a fait accompli, but who cares? I mean, really, these things should be run by... Aren't Aren't billion-dollar businesses with the AFL is aren't they run by by a board? I'd like to think it's not. You know, we've moved on from the days of Andrew Demetrio and Mike Fitzpatrick putting their paw prints over everything. And don't we now have a number of people that run the AFL? I couldn't care less how the whole thing works. I just want to see my team win. It's like you know, you know what this is like to me. Mm-hmm. Going to a really good, say, Vietnamese restaurant. Right, having a really nice meal or a Chinese, whatever restaurant. Let's say a Vietnamese restaurant down Victoria Street. Had a really nice meal. I could not be. I'm not interested in going in the kitchen to see how it was cooked. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't care. I couldn't care less. Oh, you don't want to go in there. The head chef's just went, 
he's wearing thongs and he's bum cracks. I couldn't give a deal. I couldn't give a rat's toss about how this whole thing comes together. I'm there to watch my team play footy and some other teams when mine aren't playing. And really, this is this takes me right back to the days of certain people on the radio station I work for and whatever, thinking they're bigger than the game. And, yeah. you know, I'm not interested in it. Seriously, I, somebody's going to run the game, and I don't care whether it's Andrew Dillon, Kylie Watson-Wheeler, or, you know, or the luggage guy at Hanoi <laughs> Airport. It does not bother me. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's uh, let's. So, so this, yeah, let me just see if I've grasped all this. Yeah, sorry. Go, go, uh, go, funny. Did he just say fairy muff? No, fair enough. Oh. <laughs> can you two just can you get your your minds above your uh, the bottom part of your belt? Good, probably not me. No. The buckle. <laughs> just give it a try. Give it a try. Give it five all minutes. That, see how it goes. All, right? about, all that talk about twisties and yeah, this yeah, on the floor sort of you know sparks things up a bit. Um. So what we're saying is that we've got. You said where's Brendan Gale these days? Well, he's probably flying first class all around the world, trying to find the bloke next door to um, what's his face's office, <laughs> and. You know, and I think that these non-profit organisations should spend a million dollars flying <laughs> somebody around the world. Uh, you know, God forbid that they should pay tax. Oh, my God. They're better than the Catholic Church, the AFL. They're fair to grouse. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, non-profit organisation. Yeah, yourself. Can I ask a question? How do you get a bonus in a non-profit organisation? Like, if you're... If you're um, uh, KPIs yeah. for your job, uh, and you get a bonus payment. Well, what what exactly is that based on? Given that you're a non-profit organisation. Well, I think it's going to be a non-profit organisation. Nobody should get paid. You just do it for the love of do it for the love of the game. Well, if you don't make a profit, you get the bonus. Is that how it works? Well, I, I don't know. know. A few I business. I know many businesses who work like that, and the blokes don't get bonuses for it. They no, get, you don't they get make... boned, not bonuses. Yeah. You don't make a profit, you get boned, yeah, but exactly. not in the AFL. Yeah. Uh, listen, we're going to give it to the bloke next door in the next office, but listen, why don't you just fly around the world, first class, take the wife, take the kids, enjoy yourself. <laughs> All right. Yeah, give it. You know, this is like Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> well, let's... It's, it's right up there with the corruption of that. Go. I tell you what. All right. You know, I'm not, I'm not biting into that, but what I am going to do is... Uh, now, we haven't been on since the Anzac Day game, so I've got to do a recall on round six. Oh, no, couldn't yeah. be, no, we don't want to go yeah. through. We don't want to, we don't want to put Brian through two losses. Yeah. Oh, look. Yes, we do. Oh, yeah. shit, yes. And, boy, if I dropped back in the field. I had a shocker this week. Well, we'll go back to round six. Uh, you got six in round six, finally got eight, and I got nine. So uh, that uh, – Oh, nine. How about me? That brought the scores back to finding on 38 and a half, Brian on 33 and a half, and me on 30 and a half. Oh, still in front. Oh, hang on. No. Now we move to, to round number seven. <laughs> yeah, right. This is shocking. All right, here we go. I hate Richmond even more now than I did before this weekend because uh, uh, I was looking like I was going to do something spectacular but didn't in the end work out. But uh, uh, finally, your your 
you win when you lose in the in the way you're doing the tipping now. Because the Saints yeah. lost, but you still win. You got the point, and Brian and I both missed out on that one. All went for Brisbane. Uh, I went for GWS. You two went for the Swans. Well done. Yeah, uh, we went for Bulldogs. Brian, you went for the Hawks. Idiot. Thanks, Fine. He talked you into it. Uh, everyone, Melbourne. Everyone, Carlton. Now, Essendon, let you down there. Uh, I thought you. I thought yeah. you. Were gonna, I thought you were going to lose by two hundred points when I looked at the score at quarter time. Yeah, um, I didn't take into account the five day turnaround. I think I should have done that. Um, right. Anyway. Uh, you, pick, you picked the Suns. Mm-hmm. Neither fine your idea. Well yeah. And then uh, you both went for the Crows and I went for Collingwood. <sighs> so the upshot so is. I feel, I feel a bit unlucky that I lost two games by a point in uh, the tipping, but anyway. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. So do I. And so, and so did Brian. So we should feel fucking. Yeah, oh, I'll make there with the. With the tips, he's kicked on the cock. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you know, you were. I was what? Slightly, you were only slightly more right than me in finding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we were 49% accurate and you were 51%. Hang on, hang on. There's a little violin just playing here for you, Brian. From round seven, the scores are Finey got six for a total of 44 and a half. Brian got four for a total of 37 and a half. Kevin got seven for a total of 37 and a half. Hello, Maddox. Oh, damn. Gonna have to have a good one this week. What? Are you equal? Yes. Yeah. And bloody Richmond! <laughs> I was looking at the t- uh, I looked at the tips for Sunday, and I saw that we had three completely different ones. I thought, oh, I reckon I'm I reckon I'm good to go here. And then I watched, saw the uh, the score from the Richmond game. Thought you bastard! And then Adelaide, I thought I thought I was going to get nutted. Collingwood are uh, uh, they're never beaten. They're a good team. I have to credit where credit's due. They run out of game really well. Hey, Collingwood. Yeah, they like that last. 10, 15 minutes, that's where they win a lot of games. They did last year, and I reckon they're doing it again this year. I think they're fitter than everybody else. Now, I'll, I'll what, what I, I, did observe, I did observe something from the weekend that I quite liked. Yep, what was that? I don't know I don't know whether this is new or not, but I, it's pretty new. certainly didn't happen in the Essendon St Kilda game. Might have happened last week, but I didn't notice it. Yeah. I don't really think that Australian crowds are very clever with their chanting or the cheer squads are fucking imbecilic. You know, they they used to be much better. Yeah, I agree. But they're pretty hopeless now, and, and obviously soccer has great chance. But St Kilda supporters, and they were quite, you know, en masse, came up with something very good. And? Well, as you know, Mason Wood's having a brilliant season. Played very well again on Friday night. Yeah, he did. He's, he's actually, playing well, Mace. Really playing well. He's actually just a very good footballer, I reckon. Yep. Have you heard what St Kilda supporters chant when he gets the ball? No. Mason Wood. You know what that stupid Collingwood chant when they're winning? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
That's good. That, that's good. My son would. <laughs> that's good that they've done. I'm pleased for him. He's a nice young man. Um, yeah. We, oh, he's a ripper. We had a bit of him at Werribee because he uh, was on the North Melbourne list, obviously, and just yeah. and injuries and form and that he spent. He, I don't know how many games he finished up playing for us at Werribee in that time, but he did play a fair few. Um, and he was he yeah. was a really good man. Came back every week when he did come back and head down, bum up, and and tried to do the right thing, but just his body was his body was a disaster in those days. I tell you what, I'm super impressed that the St Kilda fan club can come up with a two-word song with four notes, and that's brilliant. Mason Ward. Yeah, all right. Mate, they must have spent all night sweating over that one. You know, I, up could you, up you. I could fart a better tune than that. Yeah, but you're a muso. It's a, a piss take of the Collingwood thing. It's not – that Collingwood thing is – it's a piss take of that, Brian. Well, you know, I don't go to enough Collingwood games to – know what their pathetic little chants are. Well, that's what you they know. do when they think they, they've won the game. You know, they all, Collingwood. But is that but, peculiar to Collingwood, doesn't it? Yes, and That's been going on for years, hasn't it? No, it hasn't because you never f***ing saw of winning a game, didn't you? Go on there. <laughs> well, I think the Bulldogs never did it because they were just rubbish in their tragic history. But... <laughs> <laughs> Who said that about your tragic history? John Elliott. <laughs> tragic history. Oh, yeah. cool. Then there's fighting words, Kev. He wasn't He wasn't <laughs> backward in taking our money when we were playing at Prince's Park. He was quite happy to accommodate us there. But, uh, yeah, it all changed when we started to get a bit good. Anyway, let's have a look at the games for round number eight, boys. Let's get stuck into the tips. The chart this week, it's a bit different. We're going to do the bottom half of a chart. It's a uh, 2SM National Top 100 chart from uh, the 30th of August, 1963. Oh, my God. I didn't know any of these songs. This was an assignment. This was an assignment from hell. This yeah. was like this was like having a scout. This was like being a recruiting guy, having to scout a game between Alveston and Scottsdale <laughs> Reserves in Tasmania. <laughs> That's about right. I didn't know. I didn't know any players. None of them were very good. <laughs> the numbers were dodgy. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. The uh, the quality was uh, was it was sepia rather than than uh, your surround sound stuff. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be it's interesting, fun, but we'll uh, we'll we'll get to that. So the thirtieth of August, nineteen sixty three. It's uh, the bottom uh, fifty to one hundred, and when I go through what the top ten in the bottom. 50R, you'll know why Finey said what he just said. But let's get to the tips for round number eight. Here we go. Finey's on top with a seven-point lead. And nearly leading by a round. It's pretty good, Finey. Uh, let's go Carlton Brisbane Friday night, Marvel Stadium. Ooh, interesting game. This one, Brian, you can lead us off. Who do you think, Carlton or Brisbane? Um. Well... I'm going to go for game enjoyment with this one. And so for that reason, I'll go for the Brisbane Lions. Mr. Fine. Yeah, it's a really interesting game, this one. Oh, I'll go for Brisbane. Okay, I'm going to go for Carlton. Feeling I'm keep trying to catch you. No, not trying, trying to. No, hey, what do you mean catch up? Oh, ye on oh. level on level playing ground with ye? Yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. Richmond take on West Coast at the MCG Saturday afternoon at 1.45. Richmond is shit. Um but, you know, they unfortunately are. for the competition, West Coast are even worse. So I'm going to tip Richmond to win this. Finey? 
I never thought I'd see West Coast as clearly the worst team in the competition. I mean, I always we always thought, you know, even a fit West Coast was some sort of problem to play, but they are no they, they're a joke. Yep. They've got things completely wrong over there with their list and everything they've done. You know, they lost at the key time when they should have started looking at the future, they wasted picks on Tim Kelly and and Freo have done the same with Jackson. You know, WA is going to be cut adrift shortly. Yep. You're going for Richmond? That'll, bo- that'll bother no one. Richmond. <laughs> That's true. God, they, do, they treat you funny in the West, don't they? You go over there and you're a Mexican. They don't, when they talk about the Australian cricket team, they only talk about the Western Australian players in it. It's, uh, it if, is- it wasn't, if it wasn't so beautiful and the weather was perfect and the women are gorgeous and the food's fantastic and the people not talking about footy are fantastic. And you if can it go wasn't. If it wasn't for that, they've got nothing to offer. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah great beaches. Absolutely nothing to offer. Affordable housing. Great beaches, the weather, affordable housing. Yeah. But apart from that, what has Perth ever done for their, their residents? They're like, the, they're like the Romans. What have the Romans ever done for what us? What have the Romans done? <laughs> Apparently the sewage in Perth is pretty good too. Yeah. So, Oh, the shit doesn't stink over there, according to them. Uh, uh, no flies on the Perth people, but you can see where they've been. Yeah. Uh, what about even their even their their gangsters and their criminals are even you know top notch? Uh, who are you tipping, Brian? I forgot what we were. What the, Rich, the aim was Richmond and the West Coast. I think I put down uh, Richmond. Finey, is that right? Look, part of me yeah. and Finey's not going to talk me into doing this, but part of me thinks the West Coast have got to get up and win one. Or you know, soon, what a brave and clever tip. I don't think that this will be that that week, though. <laughs> I think Richmond. No, you did it to me last week with Hawthorne. Not doing it again. And you kind of <laughs> did it with me with the Bombers, Collingwood, but that were Bombers, Melbourne. But that worked out for me too. But um, no, not again. Geez, Richmond got a lot of injuries, haven't they? Don't do it, Kev. Don't. No, well, I'm, I'm locked in. Uh, I'll be surprised if they get within ten goals. Mm. I'm just having a wild, wild pick. Yeah, yeah, uh, I can see your point. So, yeah. so Brian Richmond? Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> um, Geelong playing. Double reverse psychology. Geelong play Adelaide <laughs> at GMHBA Stadium Saturday afternoon at 10 past two. The Cats will win this, even though Adelaide pretty good. Uh, Finey? Cats. Brian? At their corrupt little rigged grounds, there's no way Adelaide can win this. They've got a big ground. They've got this little shitty ground that, you know, that they've made perfect for the spin bowlers and Adelaide's going to suffer. So, therefore, the caps for me. Okay. Your boys, the Gold Coast, take on Melbourne at Metricon Stadium Saturday afternoon at 4, pardon me, 4.35. Uh, Melbourne are looking pretty good to me. I think they'll beat the Gold Coast. Not easily, but I think they'll beat him. Finey? I want to hear what Brian's tipping. Oh, okay. Brian? No, I... Yeah, you gutless? <laughs> no, gutless. No, 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 no. Look, look out know, the window. Hey, look, Kevin, uh, Brian, look out the window. Yes, I am. What do you see? Ocean and buildings and lights and... Mountains it and must be the Gold Coast. Oh, the Gold Coast. 
The Gold Coast. Would have been 20. You're picking the Gold Coast. I reckon it would have been 24 there today. I reckon you would have been able to have a swim and a barbecue and just lie on the back uh, patio or the the penthouse balcony. With your smooth testicles. Yeah. Actually, I was, actually, Your suntan smooth back, testicles. While we're, while we're, didn't Michael Jackson have a single smooth testicles? <laughs> <laughs> while we're in the gutter, right? Oh, um, no, don't. Yeah. No, don't. You can't go any further. No, no. It's, it's, this is quite interesting, perhaps. Oh, is it? Um, perhaps. <laughs> but I was sitting here, you know, I was, my song, which you still haven't played on the show, Kev, you know. No, you love my testicles. You'd like to see my slug. But, you know, which that, you know, it's just, like, yeah. Okay. yeah, 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 it's disappointing to me. But anyway, my daughter the other night goes, "Oh yeah, I forget about this song I made, Dad." And there was this guy arguing with his grandmother, and she's just swearing her brains out. She sampled it all, and I go, "And it's a really cool beat." It's like, yeah, this is a pretty good dance song. And then I've got this other one that I do with my son, and so. Look, they're all just horrendous lyrics and just horrible stuff. It's just like swearing and it's, you know, it's got a good beat, but, you know. But I'll say to Casey um, and I'll talk to my son, but I think we should release them on Spotify under the name of, guess what it is, Fighty? Yoko's Pussy. Yoko's Pussy. (laughs) Here's three songs from Yoko's, from the good people at Yoko's Pussy. Ah, well, I'll be no. promoting it. I'll be promoting. I'll be promoting the the guts out of it. Well, we might come oh. and do an in an in store signing at oh. at, at, at Lenny's Fine Foods. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, right. All right. Yeah. Mate, maybe not. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, how, see how finally hit the reverse button there really quick. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Well, I suppose oh, if you're oh, selling yeah, <laughs> Well, you know, if you're selling stupid food, you probably don't want Yoko's pussy right next door. No, I wouldn't have thought anyway. so. No. No, no. 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 Anyway, my, Kev. My people are sensitive. Yes. <laughs> all right. Kev, Lovely. if you don't mind, yeah. could we get back to the football rather than all these yeah, digressions? Yeah, good idea. So who are you tipping, Brian, in this one? it's uh, Now, last time I looked, it was the smooth testicles up against the rough nuts. No, I've got no idea. What, what game are we talking Gold about? Gold Coast versus Melbourne. <laughs> Oh, look, I think Melbourne are too good. I love the Gold Coast, but um, no, nah, let's be sensible here. So, Melbourne. Right. Finey? Melbourne. Yeah, I thought so. GWS play the Western Bulldogs. This one's in Canberra at Monica Oval, Saturday night, 7.25. Doggies are playing all right. GWS playing all right too, but I'm going for the dogs, obviously. Finey? I'm going for the Bulldogs. And Mr Mannix? Controversial comments from the super coach here. I think GWS, they've been a little bit stiff of late. They've played quite well. Um, I think Manneker will probably suit them better than the Bulldogs. So, for me, GWS. Toby Green was certainly very good last week. If they won by a point. Yep. Well, they won. Yep. Fremantle. Oh, here's here's a blockbuster game Saturday night at Optus Stadium in Perth. Fremantle play Hawthorne. Jeez, Hawthorne weren't terrible, but Fremantle were. Um, I actually have no idea. Um, I think Fremantle are awful. And you're right about Jackson. Isn't that going to bite him on the bum for a long time? Um, 
And Melbourne get their first and second round draft. Oh picks yeah, next and year. they're gonna get they're gonna get nice high ones too. Um, gee whiz, uh, I'll go for Frio, but only because it's in Perth. Otherwise, otherwise, no, I wouldn't. Um, Finey, Fremantle, same reason. Yeah. Yep. Brian, Hawkorn. Why? Um, I just don't think they're as shit as they appear to be. I think they're just – I think they're close to a win, and I think if they're going to get one, I think – or I think they've already got one or two, I don't know. Yep. But I think this is a good game for them. I think they'll be primed for it. Um, Freya will want to win at home, of course, but I, I don't know. I, just, I don't – there's something about the way Hawthorne play. Like, they were shit-ass when they played us in round one, but – I can see them getting better, and I think the coach isn't doing a bad job. I think he's got all to work with. But, yeah, I, I think they can get up and win this. Okay. Port Adelaide play Essen, and these are the Sunday games. This one is at Adelaide Oval at 10 past one on Sunday afternoon. Brian, Port Adelaide, Essendon. Look, my head says jump on Port um, because they'll probably get three goals due to umpire favouritism at a home ground where everybody's barracking for a port. But, I'm, you know, it's the Bombers. So, you know, I want them to win, and um, so we're going to go for the Bombers. Finey? Port Adelaide. I concur with my learned friend. This is why I catch up two on you guys. And this, how do you know I'm concurring with Finey? I said I concur with my learned friend. Oh, so that'd be me. Are you not? Are you not my learned friend? I guess not. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely correct. Who <laughs> did that, that tip right, Brian? <laughs> Look, you know, man's got to know his limitations. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Collingwood play Sydney. Uh, at the MCG on Sunday afternoon, they've been up for a long time, Collingwood. The, the bubble will burst at some stage, but it ain't going to be against Sydney. I think they uh, they should beat Sydney quite well. Got a lot of a uh, lot of very good players, Collingwood blokes that just bob up and do things um, when least expected, like little Johnny Noble kicking that goal in the last few minutes of that game the other day. Uh, finally, who do you like, Collingwood or Sydney? Oh, not who do you like? Who are you picking? Collingwood, because I don't think you like either of them. Brian? What's um what's happening with Sydney's back line? Have they got any of their back line back yet? I'm Fonny? not sure. No, I think Rampy's back. No, Rampy's out for 10 weeks. Yeah, is that, a, is that the back problem? Throat or something. Oh, okay. I really liked the look of little Peter Davey uh, last week at the with the Swans, and um, I thought, shit, this bloke, this girl bloke could be anything. He's, he's a beauty. Um, so for that reason... I think that neither of you know anything about football because there is no player called Peter Davey. I just made the whole f-ing thing up. I was to about to say I don't remember seeing him play, <laughs> but I didn't see a lot of that game. But... <laughs> that was a good trick. I was just thinking about when Fine was saying people would ring up, you know, and suck in the bloke that didn't know yeah. much about football. Oh, yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he goes really well. Yeah, so he's I, good. I, yeah, I, good thought, I just thought to myself, I'll try that. You know, little Peter Davey last week, geez, he played a good game. He's going to, he could like, be anything. Uh, I, was I, was just, I was just I was just sitting back 
the old theory, the more he talks, the more he f***s up. And then you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. So anyway, um, Swans for me, because the little oh. Peter Davy is a beauty. Swans. Crikey. Who are they playing? Collingwood at the MCG. Yeah, no, Collingwood. No, no. Swans are going to be all right. They, 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 they were annoyed with last week. They're going to come in and fight up. The last game of the round is North Melbourne and St Kilda at Marvel Stadium at that very popular time of 4.40 on Sunday afternoon. St Kilda will win this rather handsomely. Uh, Finey? Yeah, I'm, I'm changing my system. Yeah, I was going to say. I can't tip more. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, uh, not to be. Mr Mannix, I'm writing down St Kilda. Now, you better wait, come up with wait a, a minute, wait a minute. So Finey's just pitched St Kilda for the first time this year. Yep. Is it the first time, or did you pick him for round one? No, first time. Okay. No, he's never pitched. <laughs> um, I reckon St Kilda's got this history, you know. It's like tragic. It's a bit like the Bulldogs care, tragic history. And um, exactly. you know, just when you think, just when you think they're going good, they just colossally f- up. And I'm going to stick my neck out here. Good. But because Finey's backed St Kilda for the first time, this will be the first time I haven't backed them. So I'm going to go for North. I think North, Ross Lyon, uh, will be talking to the St Kilda boys and that will fire up the North Melbourne crew so they'll be good to go. All right. <laughs> there you go. Well, we do. You should, you, should, you should feel so ashamed of yourself tonight, Kevin. Hey, why? What have I done? You trailed this bloke for five weeks in the ditty. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> yes, I did. Oh, God. I had a very poor start to the season, it had to, has to be said. Very poor start right. to the season. Unless it's, a very it odd week, unless it's a very odd weekend, I don't think we'll be being too much of – I think Brian will be returning to his yep. traditional position. Oh, I think so. Just assume your yeah. positions, they say. But return your uh, tray to its upright position. <laughs> Correct. Uh, because we're about to land. We're landing about where we should be. All right. Uh, now, we, Brian, we need to get to the uh, the sad part of the program because this is really going to be a tough one this week. This is bloody awful. It's, it is awful, but I'll, I'll give the introduction. Yes, thank you. Lad- ladies and gentlemen. No, that sounds – I don't really want to sound, you know, um, sarcastic. Um, welcome to the death of Eliza. Very sad week. Very sad week. Very sad day because uh, we're recording this on the Monday. Uh, but let's uh, start at the top. Um, he, earlier in the week, Harry Belafonte passed away at the age of 96. Oh, he was good. I love the Banana oh. Boat song. Dale, Dale. Yeah, and, and he was one of the first – Black blokes to get a um, leading role in a movie. Mm. I think he's before Sydney Portier. Uh, so, you might be right. Um, it, it was so he, he broke a few glass ceilings. No, I know he did. He was a, a very much a activist um, in his time. Uh, Ninety six years of age. Um, uh, obviously, a, a very good innings and uh, very uh, very handsome, strong uh, uh, presence of a man. Um, yeah, no sad for that one. Uh, Jerry Springer, the uh, yeah. television host, uh, a show that my God, did that show <laughs> did that show break some boundaries, break some uh, break all sorts of things. Now you know what I, I was listening to the 
ABC Radio, right? Yeah. On Friday, and and it it begs the question why, but <laughs> please continue. Well, I was listening to the ABC, and look, I know that Jerry Springer would have been the polar opposite to what the ABC sees, see themselves as. But they sort of, I think they're talking TV or something or other or whatever, and they announced these, or they, they I think it was Virginia, Virginia Trioli asked the person she was interviewing about his death or any influence that he'd had on him because I think the person was on TV. And for the next three minutes, they really just belittled him and, and made it very clear, you know, that they were that they partake in much better media than than Jerry Springer, and you know they really f-ing putting the boots in, and it oh, was really? absolute. It was quite appalling, you know. It was that typical intellectualized broadcaster that you get on the ABC, thumbing their nose at a. a a ghost American, you know. Yeah. And they don't quite get it. They don't quite get that it was entertainment. They don't quite get that it was, a, you know, a bit of a piss take. And they don't quite get that they're talking down a well to a, you know, a few hundred thousand people, admittedly, and this guy had a reach of a few hundred million people. So oh. go f*** yourself. Yeah, no, I agree. Totally agree. I I found it very distasteful, but but so predictable. Yeah. Oh, the holier than thou, yes, stand up on the thing and go, oh, well, you know, we're real broadcasters. Yeah, and, so uh, much better than, you know, Jerry Springer had a million ticks against him, you know, loudmouth, brash, American. I, I, I partly wonder whether Jewish was part of it, though they would deny it. But actually, the whole but you thing, know what? He wasn't. He wasn't any of those things. No, but but the but show was, was, but he wasn't. <laughs> correct, correct. But you know, but it was so so so. It was so in the wheelhouse of the intellectually superior by oh, their yeah. own by their own judge and jury yeah. ABC broadcaster, the they Church be, of the Sanctimonious. And I'm telling you, Virginia, Virginia Trioli yeah. is a very good. No, she's a very good interviewer. You know, she knows that. She's intelligent, she's capable, but she's also very capable of falling into that to that trap of, you know, uh, of what what is... Believing her own bullshit, to be honest, and, and drinking her own bathwater a little bit too much but, for me. But but what is what is fashionably, you know, what is fashionably ABC at the moment? We all know what that is. Um, Anyhow, that's my that's yeah, my say. No, that's fair enough too. Oh, I think I think uh, Springer was a legitimate uh, broadcaster and and had a, a very very successful uh, television career. Also had a very successful career as a uh, as a politician too. I think he was the mayor of Cincinnati or somewhere yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, he um, you know we just lost Mannix, I think. I don't know why, but we have. Uh, so I'll go through um, the other. Uh, Yes, Tim Backman. Uh, I remember Backman Turner Overdrive, and I, I recently had the uh, the 
great fortune to speak to Randy Backman, who was one of the founding members of Backman Turner Overdrive, and his son Tal Backman uh, for the Life of Brian podcast. Uh, his other brother, Robbie, died in January, and now Tim, uh, who was a guitarist in the band, he passed away this week as well at the age of 71. Um, so that's a that's a sad one. And then this morning we've woken up to the news. They're like, they're like the Sydney Swans, yeah. um, losing, losing Backman every week. <laughs> Uh, and then we woke this morning to the news that uh, one of the great singers in this country, I thought he's a terrific singer, he's been in some great bands over the years. Broderick Smith passed away at the age of 75. He was in originally in a band called Carson, which had a massive uh, hit in the late 60s called Boogie, which is a great song. Uh, then he formed the Dingoes. Um, they had uh, they had some great success with Way Out West and uh, Boy on the Run, and then uh, he had his own band, Broderick Smith's Big Combo. Uh, he had a couple of... Uh, Big hits with that faded roses and uh, my father's hands, and of course, the thing that uh, the the performance. And I wanted to talk to Brian about this, and hopefully we'll get him back so we can chat about it. Um, his performance at the Andy Durant Memorial Concert, um, where he sang "Ocean Deep," which is is the song of that whole concert for me, um, and Broderick's performance of that was just just great. So, saw him many times live. Um, interviewed him a couple of times. He didn't like doing interviews, um, uh, and he wasn't terribly good at them. Um, and uh, 75 years of age, he passed away uh, peacefully at, at home, and his his son's a keyboard player and still in a couple of bands around the place too. So sad loss uh, that Broderick Smith passed away. And the other one was this afternoon, um, and I must admit I'm still scratching my head uh, trying to get my head around this one. Jock Zonfrillo, uh, the, um, the MasterChef host, um, which was supposed to make its debut tonight and has been uh, been held back uh, in respect of his passing. He... Uh, he uh, passed away yesterday at the age of 46, which is way too bloody young to be dying. Um, and that's a that's a really sad one. We, um, we had the pleasure of having him on the Food Bites podcast about a year and a bit ago, um, and he was terrific. He was a really, really um, terrific guest on the show. And I, I did a an authorised podcast with him as well about his book that he wrote about his life, and he, he talked about his demons and... Um, his addictions um, and his his personal battles with uh, you know depression and anxiety and those things um, that were part of his life uh, and his his story of you know getting the three star chef and all that sort of stuff for the three hat chef um, but yeah very sad that he passed away um, yesterday at the age of forty six very sad terrible yeah yeah I, um, now Brian's trying to phone me so let me uh, see if we oh, here we go. And, and and the most ridiculous thing is that he fucking he's completely fucking half the time he's fucking pissed, half the time his phone drops out. I mean, yeah, he's a little... and, oh, look, I understand what you're saying, but and we've had complaints <laughs> about people saying about half the time I'm fucking sober and saying it's just not as good. You know, Jesus, I tell you what, the radio just dropped right off. Uh, yeah, people just said, "Oh, hang on, you know." I think we need to put a warning in the front, like Brian drops out, but he does come back. But anyway, where we are, he makes a comeback. Now, listen, we um, we've I've talked about Jock uh, passing, Jock Zonfrillo passing away today, and that's that's really sad. And I also talked about Broderick Smith. Um, did you have much dealings with Broderick over the years at all? Um, yes and no. Um. Yeah, I'd met Broderick a few times, you know, we'd be doing a gig and we'd meet each other. But I think my older brother was um, 
he was a big Broderick Smith fan. And, you know, I love Way Out West, and I think it was a much better version. The original version was the best. But, no, Broderick Smith was great. I was really keen on the Jerry Springer side of things. Yeah. Because I used to like watching Jerry Springer. And I remember one, you know, I, I don't think you watch a whole hour of it, but, you know, 15 minutes, you go, yeah, okay, so that's cool. You know, watch people whack each other and embarrass themselves. We all love that. I think it's called Zeitgeist. I'm not sure. Um, but there's this one episode, and I just never forgot it, and there's blokes out there, and Jerry's here going, so our first guest is got it. He's lent his girlfriend to his friend, and now he won't give it back. And then this guy's there going, oh, that's right, Gary. You know, I got my beautiful girlfriend, and I owe him some money, so I lent him, I lent him my girlfriend. He's supposed to have it for two weeks. And now he won't give it back. Well, let's meet the friend. So the friend comes out. And he goes, no, I ain't giving it back. Yeah, he owe me more money than that. And I love it. I'm in love with it. And the other guy goes, well, I'm in love with it. And then Jerry goes, well, let's meet the girlfriend straight after the break. And then the ad comes back. And the freaking girlfriend is a rubber doll. It's like, it's, you know, one of those fuck dolls. And they just sit there looking like a cork. And, you know, these two guys are actually about to, about to, oh, fantastic. That's great entertainment. Uh... Yeah, exactly. So, um, I finally said it's entertainment. Yeah, yeah, it's like the wrestling. It's you know, we talked about Jack Little last week. Well, you know, this was World Championship wrestling in a different in a different vibe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and as for the guy from MasterChef, um, yeah, what a tragedy. That that's terrible. Yeah, forty six, um, too young. And, and Backman, but this is the thing, Tiny. Oh, here we go. Here we we go. interviewed, Kev interviewed Backman. Not that one. Uh, it was his brother. Three weeks. Oh, I was just saying, you know, let's not get into semantics here. <laughs> and he's dead. Now, the guy from MasterChef goes on Food Bites, dead. What did you do to Broderick Smith? What did you do? No, I try. I actually, I've been trying to get Broderick uh, or maybe 18 months ago, but I sort of got told that he wasn't keen on doing interviews so it wouldn't be worthwhile trying. So I, I actually didn't didn't chase it too hard. Um, no. And I know no, he didn't. Like, I, know, I, mem- I remember interviewing him at 3XY when he had, I think it was either Faded Roses or My Father's Hands. It was one of those two songs. Um, oh, yeah, good song. Yeah, in that, in that sort of time period when I was, I think I was doing Drive or Mornings at XY at the time. And he wasn't. He 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 came in and did the interview, but he didn't really want to do it. He didn't really like doing the interview thing, so um, I didn't chase well, was it. it was back. it bre- was it breakfast radio, Kev? <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> oh, okay. There was breakfast radio. Nobody liked no, breakfast no, no. radio. No. Oh yeah, let's be funny. Here. Eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, great. Anyone who gets rock stars on to do breakfast radio is an idiot for a start because well, it's just not conducive to it. Look, Donnie Sutherland lives just up the road, all right, so just take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, but that was sound- The difference with, with Sounds Unlimited was, it and, and Hey Hey, back when it was a Saturday morning show, is it was Saturday morning, you didn't go to bed. No, 
no, just you just went didn't. straight into the show and did the show, then went and kipped in the afternoon, went and did the Saturday night gig. Well, you'd, you'd finish the gig at, say, 2.30, and you'd take half an hour or 40 minutes to get home to Bondi. You'd, root, you'd have a couple of bongs with the band, and then you'd root some shit, and then you got an hour and a half, and you go, you got to get, you know, you have a look at any interview with me on sound and have a listen to voice. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I've spoken too much. <laughs> and and just to finish the other thing, I think Cronulla, Storm and the Rabbitohs. Okay. Cronulla, Storm and the Rabbitohs, what, to win the, to be the three big teams in the... Oh, well, I just figured that you were doing the, the, the league tips while I was, my phone wasn't working, so I just sort of put my tips in. I don't like the Rabbitohs. Arrogant. No. Arrogant football team. I don't like them. Hit jumper too. No, no I don't, I've, traditionalists, I like. I don't mind their colours um, and their jumper. Green and red. Yeah, no, right. I don't, I don't, well, next time I see you, Kev, why don't you walk down the street in green and red? See how cool you look. I think my wife's thing is that red and green should never be seen is what the motto is. With I think blue and green should never be seen, but I agree with your wife. Red and green should never be seen. Brown and green. Is it brown and green? Brown and green could never be seen unless you're in a garden. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm going to say tell that to a tree. Maybe I've been maybe I've been misquoting her all these years. Anyway, let's get to the chart, no, boys. Not... Oh, no, yeah, let's we're... close up the deathalizer. It's too sad to stay there any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, that concludes tonight's episode of the very sad episode of. The Thank you, Brian. Thank uh, you, Kev. Thank you, Tony. Friday, August 30, 1963. Number 59 on the 2SM chart in the top 100, as counted down in those days by God knows who would have been on here then. Um, probably John Laws. Uh, Two Faces Have I by Lou Christie. Number 58, Sitting in the Moonlight by the Deltones. Number 57, Talk Back Trembling Lips by Adrian Usher. Number 56, Get Him by the Exciters. Number 55, Young Man's Fancy by Tommy Sands. Number 54, Brown Eyed Handsome Man by Buddy Holly. Number 53, Hilly Billy Ding Dong Choo Choo. By the Appalachians, number 52, Surfy Stomp by Elliot Shavers. And number 51 was On Top of Spaghetti by Tom Glazer. How tragic is this? <laughs> now, Kev, could I just get you to rephrase a couple of those? I think uh, one was something about the surfer boy. What was that called? Uh, surfy Stomp or? Uh... No, no, no. Uh, no, I didn't have. Oh, any handsome, answer. the handsome brown-eyed boy. Oh, the brown-eyed handsome man. Oh, you're kidding, aren't you? Fair income. You know, I've sung Bell You know who sung that? Ben no. Dover. Ben Dover. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. LBTQ plus song of the of the nineteen sixty three. Yes, well, there you go. Um, and well, there's uh, another one in there that's pretty freaking gay as well. Not that there's anything wrong with being gay, and, is uh, that clear? And what one would that be? 
started. That was about the one after the one that the, the handsome brown eye guy. The hilly billy ding dong choo choo. No, no, before that. The young man's fancy. Young man's fancy. Oh, give it. Give it a rest. When a young man's fancy turns to horse racing. Um, oh, all right. So what did you make of this one, Finey? What have you come up with? Well, obviously it was the most difficult, worst, mm. you know, an anonymous series of horror hip songs you've ever had to listen to. But it educational. Very, very tough assignment. They were really into surfy music back then, I yep. think. Yep. Um, so with that in mind, I think we all wanted for the first time to have something at 69 on one of our lists. <laughs> Go on. But uh, Surfer, I think it's called Surfer Boy, didn't make either list. Surfer Joe by the Safaris. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. Mm. Snooze. All right. No, my number three good is a surfy song. Oh, okay. And it's the one that had the real sort of the – who was the real good um, band that just did um, – Instrumentals, surf instrumentals. The safaris. Was that them? Yeah. Anyhow, they don't, they don't have a good one in this chart. But who's, who, who had Bombora? That was the safaris, I think, wasn't it? Oh, the, the Atlantics. Yeah, because that's a good song. Yeah, Bombora's good. Oh, it was the Mexicans. <laughs> the Arabs. I'm not sure. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. I think there's a war so over that song. This one sounds a little bit like Bombora, so it's not bad. So number three, good. And also, if you're trying to learn the lyrics of a song, it's good because it's only got one word in the lyrics. Yeah. It's by, it's by Rob E.G. Now, I don't know what that is. Is that Rob Example? Is that Rob Egg? What's what's Rob E.G.? Robbie G's Robbie Porter. Yeah, I think his name is Robbie Porter. Yes, it is. He's an Aussie. Yeah, it didn't. Didn't he end up being the big bloke in the Footscray Cheer Squad? <laughs> uh, that's but, Gary Munn. Um, <laughs> no, that was Dave, Dave Porter, wasn't oh, it? Dave, boy, Dave Porter passed away about ooh, 12 months ago. Really? Yeah, he was he a did. big boy. He was a massive boy. Anyway, Jezebel by Rob, Robbie Porter. Robbie Porter, who went on to form Sparmac Records. Sparmac Records signed... Daddy Cool, Rick Springfield. Oh, so he, uh, oh. he had a good career, Robbie Porter. Oh, good on him. Yeah, well, good on him. Good-looking rooster. His brother Cole did a little bit better. Who? Cole Porter. He is far more successful than his little brother, Robbie. Yeah, all right. Mm -hmm. So what's the bad one, Finey? Now, I looked up this song, but I didn't get the – I got the wrong version, but it was such a – and terrible song sung by a really good band. I'm assuming that it's even worse by this band. Uh -huh. It's Hill, Hilly Billy Ding Dong Choo Choo. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I, I got a version by the Bee Gees. Oh, really? That's the one I watched too, yeah. It's the only one I could find. Yeah, me too. I thought if the Bee Gees couldn't do anything with this bucket of shit, then the Appalachians, which is where they filmed Deliverance, you know, <laughs> Some inbred, some inbred pig f***ers are not going to really do much better. <laughs> well, 
two questions about this song, oh, Bonnie. Here we go. Uh, first of all, I just, well, not one question. First of all, so the, I did have a listening because I thought, well, what else? So a lot of people had covered it, but somebody had Willie Nelly Ding Dong Tuff Tuff, the same song, but they just had Tuff Tuff instead of Choo Choo. But I was looking at that video. No, it's just it's Tuff Tuff instead of Choo Choo. It's just yeah, terrible. It's a classic. Willy Pilly, Ding Dong, Tough Tough. No, oh, that's, that's a great lyric. Oh, that, that, that's up there with Stairway to Heaven and Willy Pilly, yeah, Dong, right. Choo Choo. It's rubbish, right? But it, you saw the video of the BG. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the twins up the back standing on something and there's Robin, Hayes, yeah. Barry up the front. It yeah. reminded me very much of Saturday Night Fever. Like, what the hell is going on with his cock? It's like, have a look at my dick here. It's like, is he wearing underwear? I don't know. But um, <laughs> I thought, I really felt that the whole video, and I'd recommend people go and have a look at uh, Willy Nilly Ding Dong Choo Choo, as performed by the Bee Gees with uh, Brian Henderson introducing And I think there's, there's, I think he's got a really big cock. I'm not sure. But, um, I know. Well, I suspect people can write into the Facebook page, Kev, because we're going to get a bit more interactive with our audience. Right. Kevin, Kevin right. Brian, Brian, you realise when this show is edited and we take out all the rude bits, you're not going to be on – you're going to be completely absent of this on this program? <laughs> well, <laughs> Kev must send me the unedited version because, because I have people reading me up and say, Wow, it's only a fifteen minute version of rock and roll this week. I go, really? I thought we were on for about an hour and a half. We do not edit we edit hardly anything out of this show, only the stuff that might send me to prison or the or that might mean that I don't have a house to live in anymore. Oh yeah, anything that might dong. start a war. So to the size of Barry Gibbs Hilly Billy Ding Dong Choo Choo is of no concern to me. Well, that's what the whole song's about, Kev. It's about Barry Gibbs and his dick. Yeah, it's a bit hilly billy here in my pants. <laughs> it's my ding dong. Why don't you have a choo choo? Oh, no, oh, man. It's absolutely disgusting. Yes. You know, this bloke and his balls and his dick, he's been parading them around for, for years. And quite frankly, I'm sick of it. Right. So that's your number three bad, I'm assuming, Mannix. And uh, sharing it with uh, is number three bad. Well, I suppose for um, expedience sake, that's the best way to go. Yeah. <laughs> for continuity. <laughs> for continuity. Yeah. We only edit for <laughs> continuity. We don't edit for any other purposes. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, there's a couple of good yeah. ones on this, but um, and I couldn't get the version of this song, same as the last one that Viney had, but I did get the... Um, Oh, Cliff Richard's band doing a version of Stingray. And um, I thought Stingray was pretty cool, the, the, especially the uh, the tremolos. What, what are they called, Kip? I'm trying to find it. Oh, Stingray, here it is. The Shadows. The Shadows, ver- the Shadows version. Oh. Well, that's the only one I could find. Stingray, I think it's about number 18 or something. But, um, 65 Stingray. It's, the, a, it's the an routers. instrumental. It's an instrumental, but um, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, and I really, really loved the um, the guitar sound that the Shadows had. It was like, wow, you did this in the fifties. Um, so I haven't heard the. I think they're called the the routers. The, 
the Rouses, what a shit name. Any wonder they didn't kick on. Um, but it, it's a good piece of music, so they could, unless they fuck it up completely, I think that's my number three good. Okay. Stingray by the Rooters. Routers. The Rooters. Yeah, now I like them. <laughs> Jesus the Rooters, that's a great name for a band. You just you can see finding because I can see finding finding just waiting and waiting and waiting, knowing that I'd said the routers twice, just waiting, <laughs> just waiting, and then as soon as Brian did the Rooters, <laughs> just one Brian. Well, <laughs> when you want to go to a Brian, <laughs> thank you, mate. When you want to go to a festival where you got the Rooters, and the Frosty Green Discharge, Yoko's Pussies, they're all coming together for one big day at a winery somewhere. I'll tell you what, I'd be there in a flat. Or with a flat. A day on the piss rather than a day on the green. A day on the piss with Yoko's Pussies, the Rooters. And, um, and um, Orbit Brown and the Drunken Spot. <laughs> Brian. Oh. All right. My number three good, my number three bad. Goodness me. Um, Tommy Rowe, I mentioned the other week that Petula Clark has, has got a lot of mentions from me in a lot of different uh, podcasts in the bad list. Tommy Rowe's the male equivalent. Um, I don't think Tommy Rowe's ever done a good song in his life. Uh, and if he has, someone please point it out to me. Uh, Kiss and Run by Tommy Rowe is not a good song. Tommy Rowe is an artist that I really have very little time for, so Tommy Rowe is right there every single time. Well, I reckon Kiss and Run is not his worst song. Kiss and Run was where he started off, and then his next song, Rape, was just out of... No, you can't have that. No. So it started with the kiss, started with the run, then it got into a whole lot of ugly shit, and um, probably should edit that out of the show too. Right. All right. <laughs> one minute and seven seconds. Uh, one minute. What did, Bri- seven what did Brian do when he went off air for three minutes? I've got no idea. I don't ask. Well, I'll tell it, you. I reckon, it was, I reckon whatever he did, it was illegal. <laughs> Since you are, oh, no, I noticed. I noticed a big frog. It landed on my balcony. Yeah. And we've spoken about the monkeys and yeah. the frogs. Okay. Anyway, let's move on. Right, Ed, O'Brien. Let's mind. go to my number three good. And I love this song. And I love this bloke. I reckon he's a... Hello, Brian? Brian? Stop talking. <laughs> I've got this prostitute here and she keeps talking. Brian! What? Don't say that. Well, Finey didn't know you got... Finey didn't know you got one as part of the deal for to doing the show. Now he'll want one. God. Ah, my yeah. God. After his sex room has not been approved, you know, this is just it's catastrophe for Finey. Uh, let's hear from the great man. My number three good <laughs> is... Oh, well, not, no comment. Yeah. Number 63 on this chart. It's Nat King Cole, those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. Oh. I nearly had that. I love that song. I read that. Just a good, just a good song. Just feels good. I can see Nat King Cole and Harry Belafonte singing that one together, and they'd have a great time doing that. And they both do. Lots of race relations as well. Finey, number two. 
Look, it's not easy getting good ones off this list. No, it wasn't. I admit that. It is the bottom this 50 is a bit of a, chart. This is a bit of a classic. It's appeared in some movies, so it's pretty famous. Leslie Gore, It's My Party. Yeah, good song. Uh, get it done. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. Yeah, yeah that song. one. Yeah, good song. It's a beautiful lyric that it just captures a moment. It is. It's you a know, very, like, very The nice girl's lyric. having the party and she's thinking that the guy's going to be with her and he's gone off with somebody else. It's tragic, but it's, it's yeah. beautiful. I love it. Yeah, it's good. I think the courts of 50 years are fairly similar. Yeah. And, you, and your bad one, Finey, number two? Hang on. Just been given some news here. Uh-oh. Well, let's check what's going on here. Right. Who have you killed now, Kev? I haven't killed anybody. You uh, get, you kill people on this show nearly every week. No, we've been guilty of that in the past, but, uh, yeah, not not uh, not lately. We've been pretty good lately. We've been checking our facts just for a chance. Well, let's just go over what you've been No, let's, no, no, no. You reckon Daryl Summers? Paul Hogan. Um, no, you know, no, 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 no. The list goes on. No, none of them. None of them, fortunately. Um, <laughs> Tracy Grimshaw, no, I think you mentioned that she was not no. wrong. Hang on. Fine. There we no, go. No, St Kilda's high-performance coach, Nick Walsh, resigned tonight. Shock resignation. Why would he do that? No he wasn't breaching a high performance. No idea. Anyhow, oh. there, there you go. There you go. Anyhow. So by number two, bad. Look, there's quite a few instrumentals on this. Uh-huh. There's a lot. There were a yep. lot of instrumental songs in there in this era of the you, sixties. You were yeah. going to get one me of them. Again, I know one, of them, one of them is one of the most moronic. It's just this repetitive. <laughs> yeah, it's, I've got like, this one. It's like, a, it's like a cross between elevator music and the music that would play in the waiting room. After you die, like you're dead, and and you're, <laughs> and you're in this sort of waiting room, and you don't know whether you're going up or down. And it's got the most ridiculous name as well, and the band's got a ridiculous name. In fact, in fact, I reckon it's the music that would play. Let's say you took your dog to the vet to have it put down. Oh no! Yeah, it's, it's old. It's old. It's old, right? Your dog's old. Yeah. Right? And it's time to have it put down. But you're just in the waiting room and this music's playing. And it's called fucking Happy Puppy. I mean, <laughs> I knew you could say that. It's, it's the worst piece of music ever. It's called Happy Puppy by Bent Fabric. Yes. I don't know what's going on. Did I dream this? No, I can't be right. No, real. The music's got nothing got to do with happy puppies. Bed fabric sounds like when I looked it up because I couldn't because I couldn't read it properly, and I never thought it said bed fabric. I was looking up some bloke called Bert Fabric. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. You know, I'm going to have to find something pretty f-ing extraordinary at number one to top this because this was <laughs> terrible. Yes. Anyhow, it's number two. It's called Happy Puppy, and anybody that's ever owned a dog, mm. it's 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 the sort of music, it's the music that'd be playing in your car if you reversed over your neighbour's dog and oh, killed that's it. Terrible. That's, well, that's it's, terrible. It's, it's, 
I find the music quite distracting. <laughs> well, clearly. <laughs> well, is that the one you were thinking of, Brian? Well, Kev, this is this is great. I, I, I can go on about the happy puppy, and I'm happy too. Um, I appreciate Barney's identification of this absolutely piece of shit. I think it says a lot about the time this got. You know, it's like there's a lot of instrumentals in there, and wow. But the happy puppy, to me, like, do you remember when you were at primary school? And you'd have to pay, you know, 20 cents or something. And then somebody would come and do a puppet show or a magic show. Yeah. Well, the happy puppy sounds like the music that, you know, you're, you're joining the rings together and pulling them apart. And it, yeah, it sounds true. like the, mu- yeah, the music you use to a magic show. You know, you, now you've got your puppet, you've got your dancing skeleton, you know, doing, you know, remember. You know, I love watching the dancing skeletons of the shows at St. Francis itself, but it sounds like that. And when I first listened to it, I said, I saw the name, The Happy Puppy, I go, well, I've got to have a quick listen to this. And at first I didn't mind it because I was thinking, oh, yeah, Elvis could sing over this. I'm sort of going, oh, baby, well, I love you. Oh, oh. And it was, it was working pretty well, but it just kept going. Going and going and going, <laughs> unlike an electric car, it went forever. And um, so, yeah, I'm in total agreement with uh, finding tonight on the happy puppy being the number two bad. Right. And, right now, and your number two sorry. good is—is is it Leslie Gore? Um, what's Leslie Gore doing? It's my party, and I'll cry if I want to. That's exactly right, too. So he's got me. I've got exactly the same as him. So, okay. yeah, it's right. my party. Yep. All right. Okay. All right. My, num- my number two, good. I don't like Buddy Holly terribly much. I was never a, a massive fan of Buddy Holly. The only uh, One of the only songs I ever thought that was any good was Brown Eyed Handsome Man. So I've whacked that in at, um, at number two because it's one of the few Buddy Holly songs I was never, it always sounded a bit rinkety tinkety. But uh, that one I didn't mind. So, <laughs> so I'll give uh, give Buddy. Show me your brown eye, handsome man. Is that how it goes? No. Are you a singer? Go. Or no. <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> oh, well, I'm only tormenting you. And my number two bad. I'm sorry. I just this song. Oh, actually, no, I'll leave it and put it in at number one because it does it, – and the more I think about it, the more it bloody irritates me. Um, there's a man in this chart who has since gone on to disgrace himself in many other ways, but he disgraced himself a few times with some of his recorded outputs as well. Um, that man's name is Rolf Harris. Two Well, well, I didn't think that was bad, but I know a man by Rolf. I bet he does. (laughs) I wasn't passing any comment. I was just merely mentioning the name of the song. Uh, Who who knows a man? Who knows a man? (laughs) Well, that man, he's the man. I know someone knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone. Who knows someone. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not going. He just went down on somebody that was. Yes. Yeah, so uh, the Rolfie's getting my number two uh, jumper uh, in the in the bad stakes. So now we get to find his number one, and this is going to be good. Seeing that we've you both got exactly the same. Oh no, sorry, finally has got Jezebel. 
um, in his good, and then it's my party, and he's got um, hilly billy, ding dong, wing wong, bing bong, choo choo, whatever it is, um, and uh, happy puppy. You both got those in your in your bad pile. So let's go to number one, Finey. What do we got? All right, now number one was so obvious, and I don't really love this band, but I admit that they had some pretty iconic songs, and this was probably their most iconic songs. And I feel it's like. You know, you know that expression when you've got a really good horse and you take it to the country for an easy kill? Yep. I feel like they just, all right, let's, let's you know, the trainer of Surfing USA has entered it in, in a very weak race. <laughs> it's 20 to 1 on. It can't lose yep. and it won by 15 legs. Yep. But really, what are you proving, Beach Boys? I know it's not their fault. It was probably... Either on the way up to number one or the way down. The way down. It's been it been in the charts for twenty three weeks. Yeah, but it did stop in Shitville and, <laughs> and won a very easy race. Yes, it did. Yeah, I mean it's won this race by a fucking million lengths. What song is it? Surfing USA. Uh, okay, good oh, you got the same good too. I've got a different one. Oh, it was clearly the best song in the yeah, no, I can't understand a word he's saying now. It's like he's on a phone, in a toilet, <laughs> on a planet, in Mars, in a box, <laughs> under the sea, in a phone box under the sea, on another planet. You know how you know how your tax agent talks to you about depreciation. Brian does it on a weekly basis on this show. <laughs> how you now to our listeners, now to our listeners, can I just say to you, you know what I'm hearing. Do you know what I'm hearing, listeners? That no one is being my friend. You all sound like you. You do sound like you're in the bottom of a well now. Can you get on that telephone? Is that better? Is that better? That's better. Are you telling us that you're on a phone and on hands free? Show <laughs> some respect. <laughs> I, I've got to keep my hands free. You know, I get a bit sexy when oh, we do this oh show. Oh, God, start. Oh. Well, we started off with the twisties and the juice all over the floor. Oh, all right. Just tying it up into a complete beautiful bow for us all. Finey, the you're number a, one. You're a bastard, Mannix. <laughs> you, you could have given us better audio for the last 20 minutes, but you had to be fiddling around, eating watermelon, drinking alcohol, playing with your old fella. <laughs> Well, you. look, I, All right. I totally take on. I, ta- I, I hear you, Finey, and I take night. that on board. However, yep. I would suggest that the whole problem. Who's the technical master of this show? Is it me? No, definitely not. It's not me. It's Kevy, and Kevy has let me down tonight, and our listeners by you know skewing me the from show. the program and giving me horrible sounds. And, um, you know, quite frankly, I think me and the listeners have had enough of you not being my friend. Right then. Okay. <laughs> my, number, my number one bad. Yeah, thank you, Fonny. <laughs> me? <laughs> Sorry, you're dead to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're number the one. death Eliza. <laughs> <laughs> you're number one, Fonny. What do you got? Number one bad. Yep. You know what? To be bad in this chart of no, never do's, songs I've never heard, types of music I didn't know exist, half-assed efforts like Happy Puppy and Puppy 
Jism and whatever's going down on this chart. <laughs> that was at 83 or something. <laughs> I must have missed you know, that one. You know, in a chart where you're in the 90s, things are getting pretty desperate. So you've got to find something very offensive <laughs> to be your number one band, yep. right? Yep. So I found a crooning pommy git doing a glib bubble gum, annoying as fingers down a blackbird version of one of our great national iconic songs. Oh. And if Frank Ifield thinks that he can do that to Walsing Matilda, wow. I should go over to fucking England and stick it up Prince Charles's clacker in King, revenge. King Charles? Ah, oh, King, Prince, whatever. Biggie, gish. No, I actually <laughs> like, I like Charles. Pa- pass the salt, Biggie's. I think he's got a good sense of humour, Charles. I, I think he's got a wonderful sense of humour. Was, was his coronation today or yesterday? No, it's in six, in six days. They reckon it's, it's going days. to be bigger than 9-11. Pardon? What? They reckon it's going to be bigger than 9-11, the um, King Charles. It's going to be it's everywhere. It's just going to, people are going to love it. And, well, you know, you know forget the thing, but it's going to be big coverage. It's going to be huge. Right, okay. Um, <laughs> anything else on Frank before we finish up on Frankie Ifield there? Uh, I, I remember Frank um, Ifield had a song called I Remember You. Yeah, well, that's I it. Fucking, that's it. I remember yeah. you. Yeah, well, well, I remember this, Frank. <laughs> Luckily, Frank's Ifield, uh, Frank Ifield has passed away, so I don't have to go over there and kill him as a matter of national importance. Right. <laughs> you remember Frank Ifield did the duet with uh, Johnny Rotten, Uh-oh. and it was called "I Remember You, You F***ing Prick." <laughs> it's a great song, and uh, was quite successful uh, in 1981, I think. Right now, surfing USA is your number one good, Mannix. What's your number one bad? Uh, yeah, well, look, I want to give a special mention because. Um, to Don't Try and Fight It, Baby, by Edie Garner, uh, Edie Gourmet. Um, I was just going to it sounded like the, um, I don't know, the Supremes or something. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I just like this. It's like, don't fight it, baby. Don't try to fight it, baby. You're going to fall in love with me. And I thought, yeah, that's cool. But anyway, so that's a special mention to them. But, um, okay, we've got the number one. And my number one bad, well, I, look, I haven't heard this, which is bad, but I tried to. Um, I think it's, what is it called? Acres of Everything But Not Love. Uh, Lonnie Lee. Yeah, well, Lonnie Lee, I don't know, but everybody in the world and every music platform has decided not to carry this song. YouTube, Spotify, there is no record of this song. And it's a terrible lyric for a title. So I believe that the good people at YouTube and Spotify and iTunes and all that have decided, no, we need to burn the book on this one. So I'm going to put that in because I just think it needs to mention, even though nobody can hear it. Acres of everything but love.
Yeah. I love, I, you know, any time I hear the word acres, what I think of. Green acres. No. Yeah, I love Blake, oh. a- Blake acres? No. No? No. What do you think of? That thing. <laughs> I don't even know what movie it was because I don't like any of his movies. It's, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, um, Schwarzenegger goes, do you want to live the in the country? The last action hero. Yeah, That's what it is. It's the only decent live, part of the movie. You want a place in the country? Yeah, sure. So he kicks him in the nuts and goes, well, here's two acres. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you should be a really farmer. Goes, yeah. Kicks him in the balls. He goes, here, have a couple of acres. <laughs> because I'm going to tell you, Unless you've been hit in the nuts. Oh, goodness. You see, women will not understand this. No, right? they don't get Women it. have no understanding because they know, I think everybody knows, male and female, that it hurts to get, it's a tender part of the body, right? Yep. Even if, it's, even if it's been Botoxed. Tender is our knackered. But only a bloke that's been hit in the nuts, as I have playing cricket, yep. knows that the correct term is it aches. It's an aching pain. Oh, yeah. It's not a sharp pain. They are two acres. <laughs> it's hilarious. Two acres. Thank you, Arnold. Oh, it takes you. I haven't had a good whack in the cod for a while, but, you know, you'd be down almost in fetal position. Well, it's a, bit hard. The... it's a bit hard to hit you in the cods, Brian, because your hands are always there. Well, that's true, Kev, but... Um... <laughs> And now I've lost my trainers. What, what hey? do you call them? Like, just bang, quickly, you know. You see somebody get... I know them. you love my testicles and you like to meet my slug. My testicles are Nigel and Brian. My penis is called Doug. God. No, no, no. So what do you call how them? the song goes from Yoko's Pussies album. Um, but what do you no, call them? No, I, I guess unnecessary, inconvenient. Um, no. No, what do you call testicles? Knackers, donuts, balls, nuts, nuts. chick pleasers. Oh, don't stuff, Brian. Woman cheeses. They love it. They love the testicles. Yeah, they love it. Don't think so. I've I've heard about yours, (laughs) Brian. God, here we go. They're always in the news. This is the sealed section of the program. I've heard about I've heard about Brian <laughs> testicles. They are not women's well, pieces; they're Maltesers. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. Gosh, in Maltese, yeah. What do you think you're going to have? My uh, <laughs> my number Just one. Just a couple bad. of little Maltesers. <laughs> yeah. You come down to Memphis, see my Maltesers. I'll tease you with my Maltese, mm, baby. <laughs> My number one bad is, uh, and I do hate this song. Oh, I can't stand this song. Seriously. Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul and Mary. God, I hate that song. Because you're anti-drug? No, just anti-Peter, Paul and Mary. I never liked it. <laughs> I never liked leaving on a jet plane. I never liked I didn't like anything they did, to be honest. I can't think of one redeeming song they ever did. Uh, At the time, I liked them. But, oh, no, um, really? You, know, you listen to it now, it's like... It's it's folk. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. That was one way of. And you and what you're telling me and Fine is you can go folk off. Exactly. That's that's the other way of pronouncing it. 
And my number one good, Surfing USA, is clearly the biggest song on that on the, the this part of the chart. But the one that I probably would more likely play and have a listen to of all the songs on this chart and enjoy is Lou Christie's Two Faces Have I. I really always mm. like that song. I always like Lou Christie's stuff. Um, and uh, that's out of all those songs there, that's probably the one I would I would play and most enjoy listening to. Um, but Surfing USA, clearly the best song in terms of a really long-lasting song uh, that stands the test of the 60 years since that chart came out. Next week, we might have a look at the top part of the chart, which has got a few more redeeming factors in it than the bottom part of the chart. That was quite well, fun, didn't Yeah. Yeah, it's a, an interesting um, education in what was happening in the music business at that stage. A really good observation. Finally, there was a hell of a lot of instrumental stuff around then, enormous amount of instrumental music. I think it tells you a lot about the time and how placid the times were. You know, and you can sort of you hear Surfing USA and you can understand why the Beatles are going to go berserk. Exactly. Because the music so bland and placid. You know, and it's very good, um, but it, it's very sort of old World War Two. Yeah. You know, we're coming out of that. And, and you know, for that reason, I think it was a really good chart to do because it made me realise somebody sent me a photo of, I think, my brother's fifth birthday party or seventh birthday party. And we look, I look at the picture of me, you know, about four. And you sort of go, wow, look at the Venetian blinds and look at the fashion yeah. we're wearing. And and this song, this chart kind of made me sort of rethink where, where life was. So from that point of view, I thought it was really great. Yeah, it just showed you that there was, a, there was an enormous chasm there that was about to be filled by all that stuff that came out of England at that time. And there was... There was, yeah. there was absolutely nothing around that was going to stop it from being the, the avalanche that it turned out to be. Um, yeah, I, I think from that point of view, this was a really a really good chart to do. So, um, yeah, it's certainly a good shift in the 90s, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that, is, that is the show done and dusted, boys. A sad day uh, in many ways uh, with the, the passing of uh, Jock. Uh, and uh, and also Broderick Smith. Well, I might play um, a bit of Ocean Deep to finish off this week's show. Uh, thank you, boys. Have thank a nice you week. For me. Oh, always a pleasure, Finey. You're you're welcome anytime. I don't know about you, Mannix, but you're welcome anytime. I'd just like to I'd just like to tie out the show in, in a neat bundle. Oh, here we go. So, and that's the end of the show. Thank you. Which is where we started. That's about right. Thank you, boys. Have a good week. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Kev. I'm feeling like a captain with no hold beneath my deck. Waves are pounding my proud ship to a wreck. The songs of the sirens are still ringing in my ears I'm a weather-worn sailor Feeling his ears I turned my back on fate But I didn't have much say 
You can't ignore the future If it's blowing your way And I threw out a lifeline And prayed that it would hold Then I worried For the storm to go
Rob Smith.